All right, so we recorded this podcast already, right? And the second, and I mean the very second that the podcast ended, Antonio Brown tweeted, thank you, Patriots, for the opportunity. And then Ian Rappaport shortly after announced that Antonio Brown had indeed been cut by the New England Patriots. Now, this is a bit of a surprise, but not as much if you've been paying very close attention because there has been some new updates to the allegations that have happened with Antonio Brown. The NFL was in, had started their investigation this week. The New England Patriots had had their own conversations with the NFL. And it seems now that Antonio Brown's time in the NFL, for now, is over uh, until this is wrapped up. Jamie, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, this is why, I mean, I was asked a couple of questions today about potential trade offers involving Antonio Brown and why I said you, this is, you just got to stay away completely right now. If you own him in your fantasy league, you, you know, you have to hold on to him, but somebody that with all this stuff going on, uh, obviously new, new things came out regarding text messages and we don't have to get deep into that. We've discussed my, I've discussed my feelings on a personal level before. Uh, it's not important for fantasy relevance. Uh, as far as fantasy goes, obviously if you were worried about Julian Edelman or Josh Gordon, then you now no longer have to be worried about their production. Um, I don't think it's going to change a lot. Tom Brady might not be a top five quarterback every week, but he's still going to be a top 10 guy going forward. I don't think this changes a whole lot, but if you own Antonio Brown, I think you still just have to keep him on your bench and see what happens next. I hope he gets suspended. I hope he doesn't play in the league this year, but I can't say I have full confidence that the league will do that. So somebody have to hold on to for a couple weeks and see what happens. Yeah, there's a lot still left to play out here. Uh, the biggest impact immediately is obviously he will not be playing this weekend, so he should not be in your starting fantasy lineup for obvious reasons. And the New England Patriots, I don't think from, a, from this perspective, take all that big of a step back, right? Antonio Brown had become kind of this bonus player right as that we had seen them without him take handedly take care of the new of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh in their opening weekend uh Antonio Brown on a personal level this story is is sick right if it's if everything that is being said is true uh it's bad it's really bad and as a female it's really hard to read a lot of the things that are in these stories and allegations and I hope the NFL does the right thing and finds out the truth and takes care of what needs to be taken care of because this behavior in any in any sport in any job in any in any part of life is not okay and just because you're a really talented athlete doesn't make it okay so uh as I said this obviously big news that came out right as this podcast uh, right as we finished recording our podcast so we started the top of the show with this, and, and now you'll hear the rest of the podcast. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN podcast. Fantasy podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. It's a Friday, which means we are going through all of the NFL matchups, picking against the spread, talking about the fantasy implications. But first, we have some headlines to get into. The first thing we're going to talk about, and we did talk about it on Wednesday at, at a, quite a length, but it's official now. Cam Newton not playing this weekend against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, listen, we discussed 
what we think about what we saw from Cam. It hasn't been good. He looks very unhealthy. Uh, officially out now, Jamie. So from a fantasy perspective, what are you thinking about this matchup with the Arizona Cardinals? Well, I mean, if you've been following my rankings on the Draft Network all week, I've been assuming Cam Newton was not going to play in this game. So yeah. my rankings there don't change a ton. You're still playing DJ Moore as a low-level wide receiver two or a flex. Probably not going to play Curtis Samuel this week. Greg Olson, probably your best tight end option. He's still in the top 10 for me. Uh, but I think this is a game the Cardinals should win now, and I think that that's the biggest difference from a football perspective. Um, you know, it's not going to be Will Greer. It's going to be Kyle Allen that starts, so I know people that were not paying close attention were expecting maybe Will Greer to play in this game. Uh, he will be the backup. Otherwise, I mean, I don't think it really changes much. I'm still, you know, you're still playing McCaffrey. Like, I, I really don't think this changes a whole, a whole lot. Cam wasn't going deep, and Cam didn't look right. I'm not saying Kyle Allen is going to be is going to light it up or anything, but I don't think there's going to be a tremendous drop off because we're not dropping off from 100% Cam Newton. We're dropping yeah. off from like 60% Cam Newton to Kyle Allen, so it's not as big or as precipitous as it might appear to be on paper. Jake, your thoughts on the football impact, obviously, of Cam not playing and 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 this matchup for for the Carolina Panthers? I think they might throw it better. I mean, basically, this has been a traditional offense with a lot of shotgun. They have to run all the read option, all the misdirection, all that kind of stuff, because Cam can't do it. So Kyle Allen probably throw it a little bit better. I think he probably dumps it off from McCaffrey a ton. He's going to take the check down, take the hot. He's still playing. Uh, a, a defense has been okay. They've given up a ton to the freaking tight end, and their their corners are old and beat up. So, But they've gotten after the passer pretty good. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think they could probably throw it. At, they could throw it as good, for sure. Cam's leading the NFL in passes that are uncatchable at like 30% or something crazy. Um, I don't think that, I don't think I agree with Jamie. I don't think it affects it a ton, but I think they might actually throw it better if they go a little bit more traditional, which they've been doing. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting game. There's a lot of people that like uh, Kyler Murray coming into this game. We threw him into our matchups this week that we like. It's it, begrudgingly, begrudgingly. There's gonna be there's gonna be quite a. It's gonna be an interesting game, right? It's gonna be like you can't not play McCaffrey. I got three people this morning saying like, "What do I do with McCaffrey?" You play you, you, McCaffrey. You play him. You took him in the like the first, second, third overall pick. You yeah, play him. Yeah, like, I I'll find out tomorrow morning if my trade goes through. I'm damn sure I'm trying to trade for him and put him in my lineup. Yeah, like he's Kyler Murray's still playing a good defense, guys. I mean, that Carolina defense is getting older. They're not the same, but they're still pretty damn good. It's going to – I'm – as we said, I'm intrigued by the Cardinals, right? They're they're interesting to watch. This will be – and what this Carolina Panthers team looks like without Cam, uh, like you said, they probably throw the ball better because, as, as Jamie said – 60% might even be nice, right? Yeah. I don't even know. I think it might be closer to 50 to under 50% of what we've seen from Cam Newton. All right, the under, other injury here, uh, Damian Williams, absent from practice, has been ruled out. Uh, Jamie, the fantasy implications here. Yeah, it started to look like – I mean, he hasn't practiced all week. It yeah. started to look like this was going to be the case even a couple days ago. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is apparently trending in the right direction. He's going to be the primary guy there. I imagine they're going to work Darwin Thompson in a little bit in the backfield. You're starting McCoy you know, as a, as a low-end RB2, maybe a mid-level RB2 this week. Um, he'd be higher if he wasn't hurt. Uh, I think that's going to limit his touches a little bit. I think Darwin Thompson is going to get in the game a little bit. Uh, I expect this to be a, a pretty high-flying fantasy contest here with Baltimore. Uh, Kansas City just doesn't slow down for anybody. Uh, but if yeah, if you have Damian Williams, it's just like I do in our league. It's just another just another knock, and just what a a waste of a pick that it's been so far. Yeah. And that was the knock on him coming in. Injury history hasn't proven that he can play that many games. He's already out in week three. Uh, I agree with all of that. I mean, I don't think they're going to change their offense for anybody. They're going to plug a new guy in and keep slinging it. And Baltimore's defense did not look that good last week with the injuries in their secondary. 
against the Cardinals, and the Chiefs throw it a hell of a lot better than the Cardinals do. So it'll be really interesting. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch. It's going to be fun to watch Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in that matchup, and we'll get to that one uh, as we go through our matchups. The last injury we want to talk about here is it's not as much fantasy-related, but it does have such an impact from a football perspective, and that is Darius Leonard uh, out um, in that matchup. Jake, the football, give us the football scope, right? Because it's not as much fantasy-related. It does impact fantasy, obviously, but more from a football perspective with that football team, how that injury impacts them. Yeah, I mean, he's rookie of the year last year. I think he either led the NFL in tackles or he's right there. He's a machine on that defense. He's been phenomenal. He calls all the plays on defense. So he's the he's the guy, the Mike linebacker, that's making all the calls in the huddle, putting everybody in position. You're taking that off the field against a pretty explosive offense in Atlanta. And that defense for the Colts has been really stingy. The front seven for the last couple of years has been really good. I don't expect Atlanta to run it very good. But he, he he's also a three-down linebacker. He's very, one of very few guys that stays in the game covering tight ends, covering backs out of the backfield. He's going to be sorely missed in that defense for Andy. Yeah, and to a lesser extent, Jamal sheared out for that game as well. The Falcons won't run the ball because they just their cutter absolutely refuses to. Um, <laughs> so it might not matter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to me, that's a massive impact from a, a way a game swing. That was, that's a one-point game according to Vegas. And that's a massive swing against an offense that will put up a ton of points. It's, I know it's on the road, but it's on the road in a dome. Yeah. It's a little bit different. So uh, I, I think I've kind of changed my pick on that game after hearing that news. All right. Well, uh, perfect opportunity to segue here into our picks and kick things off with that game. The Atlanta Falcons going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a one-point favorite at home against Atlanta. Obviously, the injuries we just discussed going into this. Jake, uh, which way are you leaning on this one? Well, until we just talked about that, I had the Colts 27-24 taking the home team. I think I'll probably take the Falcons 24-23. I'll, I'll give them Matt Bryant gets one done the last second. Um, that's a huge blow to that defense, having a pass rusher and your middle linebacker out. And I think Indy's got enough against them anyway. Atlanta should be feeling themselves a little bit after the, the win against Philly. So I'll, uh, I'll, sw- I'll switch it up and go Falcons win by one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons as well here. Uh, I just, again, switch it up very slightly at the end. I think it's a close game. Marlon Max banged up a little bit, but he returned to practice today. Uh, as, as far as, like, ranking guys, Ryan's my QB6 this week. I think you start him with confidence. The picks are going to be there, but when you put up those, that many yards and touchdowns, you, you can sustain multi-pick games. This is the last week for me on Devonta Freeman. I, I ranked him as RB23. Oh. About it. I hate it. Uh, this is the last week I'm going to put him in, a, in starting territory. If he can't get it done this week – it ain't happening. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Julio Jones, my wide receiver, won this week. Calvin Ridley, you're starting him. Uh, on, on the Colts' side, you know who they're starting. You know you're starting Mac. You start as an RB2. You're starting T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you, you start Eric Ebron, maybe. Like, he's my tight end 14. Yeah. You, you're hunting for touchdowns at that point. So if you're, like, hunting with Eric Ebron or hunting with Tyler Eifert or Jason Witten, I would go with Eric Ebron. But that's all I have to say about the Colts. So we'll see how they play in this game. But – I think this is a very close game because turnovers have been a problem and the Falcons haven't been able to run the ball. But to me, it's all about whether or not Devontae Freeman can show anything in this game or at that point, I'm just not playing him going forward. Yeah, it's been a struggle to watch Devontae Freeman. We've actually gotten quite a few uh, inquiries about about what to do with Devontae Freeman. And this is like Jamie, week three, you're getting enough of the sense of what this offense and what these teams are going to look like. And if it hasn't looked better by now, it's probably not going to get much better. So this is the kind of that do-or-die situation. I think Atlanta wins this one, too. I think it's close, 23-20. Uh, Falcons get one done on the road. 
All right, the game I'm most uh, looking forward to is the Baltimore Ravens playing the Kansas City Chiefs for a lot of reasons, obviously. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, it's been the two high-flying offenses with the exception of the Patriots. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are six-point favorites at home. Jake, your thoughts on, on this one? Yeah, I mean, I originally had it 34-24 Chiefs. I figured they'd just pull away, but that's assuming that they were a little healthier than they are. I think they still get it done. Arrowhead's tough. Um, I think this offense for the Ravens, they looked good early last week against the Cardinals, but they really didn't. They should have closed. They should have slammed the door. The numbers were good, but they didn't score a ton of points. I still go with the Chiefs 30-24, to so I'm right on the line. Uh, I think they have – I just think they have too much to get it done. That defense for the Baltimore is not the same. They don't rush the passer the same the way they have in the past, and they still have some injuries in that secondary. Yeah, I like the Chiefs in this game. Uh, look, we're going to learn a lot about Baltimore. This is going to be the first game where they're going to have some negative game script for them. I can see how that offense might differ a little bit. We told you at the beginning of the year, if you've been listening to this show since the preseason, we told you the first three weeks of the year we're going to give you a false sense of what the Baltimore Ravens offense would be. So this is going to be the first time where we start to see a tinge. Again, Casey's defense isn't good, so they yeah. should still have success. But a tinge of what this offense might be going forward when they don't get out to two-score leads right away and basically start running away from bad defenses. Uh, I just still love Lamar Jackson's week. He's my QB3. Marking is my running back 20, and it's a little bit lower than you might expect in this matchup. I just don't think they're going to be able to run. The Chiefs are going to outscore Baltimore throughout this game. I mean, you, you could blink and the Chiefs could be up 14 nothing. So I, I actually think this might be the time we finally see Justice Hill involved in some of these games on passing downs. I'm a little concerned about Ingram, who's a little bit banged up. He's still going to play him as your RB2, but I don't think he's going to have a monster game. You know, Hollywood Brown is a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. I think this is the last week where you're going to feel really confident starting him. Uh, Mark Andrews, tight end five. On the Chiefs' side, I already talked about the running backs. I, I, I think we're going to bounce back from Sammy Watkins. Uh, you have to understand there, there's going to be boom or bust with him. It's just a player he's always been, but he's inside my top ten. I like Mikkel Hardman as my wide receiver, 30. You know, uh, Demarcus Robinson as a flex play in certain circumstances, especially if you're in a two-flex league or three-plus wide receiver league. Uh, and you're starting Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey every single week while they have all, all of their limbs. So there's no 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 advice there. Yeah, no advice there, no advice needed. Uh, I think this is going to be a good one. It's going to be really fun, but I think, like Jamie said, it's going to be the first time we see Baltimore not be able to go in and do what they want to do on offense because Kansas City is going to be able to score points with them and score more points than them. Uh, I have them covered in the spread here. I looked at it initially, and I looked at Jamie and I said, oh, a lot, but the more I think about it, especially on the road, Arrowhead is a tough place to play. And I'm not worried about the running. Like Andy Reid could could figure out – literally did last year with Daryl Williams. Yeah, and like, he's a magician in that area. Yeah, Daryl Williams might get in this game too, but like whatever, it's – They'll be fine. Yeah, they will. They will be fine. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals going on the road to play the two and zero Buffalo Bills. Shout out Joe Marino. Got to make sure he wants me to make sure I, I really get that two and zero Buffalo Bills out there as much as possible. Soon to be three and zero Buffalo Bills. Yeah, soon to be three and zero Buffalo Bills. Six point favorites at home against Cincinnati. Uh, Jake, obviously, Jamie and I both tease which way we're going on this one. What are your thoughts on this game? I got the Bills twenty four twenty, but I don't think they cover that. Andy Dalton second in the NFL in passing. Uh, this offense has been okay. Uh, they're hanging in there, and the Bills are not that explosive on offense. I don't think they're going to run away with it. I don't think they cover six. I think they get it done, but I don't think they cover six. 24-20 Bills. I built by double-digit points in this game. Ooh, I'm really okay. confident in the Bills in this. Uh, I, I, It's mostly that I think the Bengals' defense is garbage, as yeah. Paige would say. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Look, I know they don't have Devin Singletary in this game. They're going to give Frank Gore a gajillion touches at age 167, but he'll average 3.3 yards and probably find the end zone twice randomly. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, TJ Yeldon might get involved in the passing game. You're starting John Brown, I think, in a flex spot. I think he's a decent option. You know, for the Bengals, in the two-QB league, I love Dalton this week. Tyler Boyd is the receiver you want. I want him away from Trey White as much as possible. And since he lines up in the slot about 60% of the time, he'll be away from Trey White. Uh, John Ross is a maybe to me this week. Uh, I've liked him so far. I want him on my team, but not sure this is the week to start him. Look, Joe Mixon, I have ranked as RB24. He's got got to have a game. Uh, This is a tough team to do it against on the road against Buffalo, but they're just throwing it a ton. Yeah, they're throwing a ton, and they've been down in games, and he's obviously has a lingering injury, so you haven't seen him at full strength. It's going to be tough uh, this week. It might How do you like Josh Allen, Jamie? Or QB 13 this week. Woo, I knew it was coming in. Uh, yeah, QB 13. I think if if you lost Breeze or Roethlisberger or somebody like that, this is actually the best guy you could pick up and play this week. If he's available, which in a lot of the le- in a lot of 12-team leagues, he's been available in like more than half the leagues, which is mind-blowing to me. Uh, yeah. I picked I him up as my backup to Carson Wentz, and I'm thinking hard about playing him. It's close. I have Wentz nine, so like I get it. Uh, it's They're really gonna throw like, it. They just I don't know who who he's throwing to, so it scares me. Matt Collins. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's, gonna, uh, it's <laughs> gonna be ugly. I have I have that exact scenario that Jamie played out. I had Ben Roethlisberger in my league, and I went out and put a waiver claim in and got Josh Allen, and was really happy about it. Uh, especially this week, I think it's a good week for him. Uh, it, not not no hesitations about playing Josh Allen this week. Uh, Jamie, you have them covering that spread. Correct? Yeah, I do. Okay, covering that spread. All right, I'm going to go with Jamie. I'm going to have Buffalo Bills covering the spread. 3-0 and Buffalo Bills. You heard it here. Shout out Joe Marino. Uh, Denver Broncos going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are touchdown and a half favorites. Seven and a half points uh, in, in this one. It's moved. It was a nine, I think, initially when it first came out, or eight and a half, and it's moved uh, a little bit. Jake, your thoughts on this one? Uh, I got them get it done. I got the Packers 24-16. The Broncos offense has shown nothing. Their defense hasn't shown a ton. I think they'll show up. Uh, the Packers still want to make a concerted effort to run the ball. Uh, I think that plays into a little bit of a low score, lower scoring game. So I think they still get it done 24-16. But I don't think it's a blowout. I think the Denver has to show some life eventually. And I think they show a little bit more on defense than they have. Yeah, the, the hook here is just enough to make me not want to bet it. I'm going to take the Packers to cover, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, they're the better team, but I, I, I agree with Jake. I, this has low scoring written all over it. Uh, look, I, I want to see how Aaron Rodgers plays in this game. He's my QB7 this week, but kind of looked like he might have hurt his arm in the, or in the early in that game last week. He's kind of shaking his arm a lot, didn't go downfield a lot afterwards. And this is this has been a player that we have seen get hurt and then not tell anybody about it for a while. Yes. So I just kind of want to see how he plays there. But again, you're starting Aaron Rodgers unless you have like unless you also draft like Lamar Jackson. You're you're starting Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, Aaron Jones RB seventeen, not an easy matchup for him. He's going to split snaps with Jamal Williams. He's going to be annoying to own, but he's still the most talented back that they have there. I don't care that Devontae Adams is going up against Chris Harris. They're moving Chris Harris around now. He's not staying in the slot. You start your studs. Valdez Scantling's interesting for me this week um, because I think he's like um, Isaac Yadam or Yadam. I don't remember how you pronounce his name properly. He's given up a ton of yards so far through the first couple games. Uh, Valdez Scantling should have had a better week last week. I, I think he's a sneaky, deep flex play for you. Uh, on, on the Broncos side, start the running backs at your own risk. I have Lindsey for RB27, Freeman RB31. I don't know at this point. Like, I still think Lindsay's the back you want there long term, but like, I don't know if either one of them deserve to be starting right now. 
Manuel Sanders, wide receiver, 40. Okay. Like, you just – I don't feel great about starting any Denver Broncos in this game. No, they're all yep. been lethargic, right? It's been tough to watch. They don't really get much going, and they're going on the road. If they were at home playing this game, I'd probably feel a little bit differently about them, but they're on the road playing in Green Bay. Green Bay is just the better football team, uh, and they're not going to be able to keep up offensively. The Packers will cover that spread, but I agree with you guys. It's going to be low scoring, mostly because – I'm concerned a little bit about Rodgers as well. Like I saw exactly what you saw. And I also have very close friends who watched that team intently and were like, uh, he didn't look the same and he was holding his arm a lot. And, uh, Rodgers is the king of hiding his injuries. He never tells anybody what is going on. So definitely want to pay close attention to that. Uh, Detroit lions going on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are six-point favorites, which I think I would really like if I knew anybody that was starting at wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Jake, what are your thoughts on this game? Are you confident in Carson Wentz, who I know you own in uh, at least one league? I own him in both leagues, uh, two of my leagues. I, I still got the Eagles 27-20. This is a bad matchup for Detroit's offense against the Philly defense. Uh, I think Stafford has some turnovers. Kerryon Johnson hasn't really done anything. He had the big touchdown last week to save a good fantasy day. Um, but, yeah, I don't like Hawkinson in this matchup. The receivers, just whatever. I don't know who the Eagles are throwing it to, but I got more faith in Carson Wentz on that offense than I do in Detroit. So I just don't think it's a very good matchup for Detroit going on the road. So I think the Eagles still get it done 27-20. Yeah, I think the Eagles cover. Uh, I think it's going to be a really tough first half to watch uh, of this football game. But – We'll see. Carryon Johnson is a mid-level RB2 this week. Let's see if he gets a little bit more red zone carries now with C.J. Anderson not on the team anymore. I don't think they're going to go to Ty Johnson and, you know, J.D. McKissick's not going to play that role. He's going to be the pass-catching guy out there. Uh, Kenny Galladay's flex play for me, not starting Marvin Jones. Hawkinson's outside my top 15 tight ends. Not the week for him. You know, as far as the Eagles go, I will tell you for the 800th consecutive week not to start any of their running backs. Just don't do it. Um, I like Nelson Aguilar this week as a flex play. He's inside my top 30. I think he's the only guy that Carson Wentz is going to have any comfort, uh, any level of comfort with that's not named Zach Ertz yeah. um, on that offense right now. J.J. Ursega-Whiteside just cracks my top 50. I'm not playing him this week. I think he's worth picking up and stashing on your bench, but he might get Darius Slay this week. He played a ton of the snaps when Alshon Jeffrey went out of that game. And Zach Ertz, I think, gets a ton of targets. So to me, I'm playing both Ertz and Aguilar this week and just saying I'm going to basically have 80% of Carson Wentz's production in my pass catching spots. Yeah. I was trying to bait you guys into potentially picking, uh, saying that Detroit would cover the spread, but I'm with you guys. Uh, I think, no. listen, we've talked about, we've talked about the fact that Detroit ended up on a graphic that said the mo- the undefeated team, they're technically, technically. Unde- undefeated. The team's fraudulent, right? They're yes. not a good football team. They blew an 18 point lead with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They should not have <laughs> beat the Chargers. The Chargers beat themselves last week with special teams and, and not making plays down the stretch. I think this is, this is the depleted, Eagles team that takes care of business and proves exactly what Detroit is, right? And I think that's exactly what we see here in this one. All right, I want you guys to guess. Jake, uh, Jamie already knows what the spread is here, but just if you don't know this about the show, Jamie looks at the spreads ahead of time, but Jake makes all his picks based off of how he feels, and then I deliver the spreads coming into the show, so he doesn't know ahead of time. So the spread in this game, right, I want, I want, I want to know what you think it is, Jake. The Miami Dolphins Going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. What are your thoughts? I'm guessing the spread's like 20 and a half. Okay, it's 23 and a half. Holy shnikey. I don't think I've ever heard one that big. I don't recall. As we've been doing this show for three seasons, I can't recall a time that this happened, right? And we're going to talk about back-to-back 
games with ridiculous double-digit spreads. Uh, so your thoughts on this game, I can imagine that you are going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to win, but do you think they cover that spread with the newly anointed quarterback, Josh Rosen, starting for the Miami Dolphins? I do. I got him 31-6 is the score that I'm picking. I, I think you get a little bit more of a Zeke, uh, but Dak has looked really good. This Kellen Moore offense has looked really good. They've been very balanced. They've thrown it really well. All three weapons, other than Zeke on that offense, are getting – Jason Witten had a big week last week. The defense is really solid. And Miami has shown nobody anything that they even care. Rosen's going to come out and sling it and play tough and do the things he's done. But this kid, I don't know what he did to deserve – I know. What he got in Arizona, got shipped to Miami, and now this is his first start this week. It's it's ugly. So yeah, I actually got the Cowboys covering, and I like a bunch of their offensive weapons in this game on on uh, for a fantasy fantasy point of view. And I have their defense. I'm really excited about. Yeah, yeah. So a couple thoughts on this with Josh Rosen. We're going to look back at his career. It's going to be deemed a failure, and everyone's going to and everyone's just going to write it off, and nobody's going to look back and see that the, he could not have possibly been put in a worse position the first couple years of his career. Yep. And odds are, you know what? He's probably going to be on a new team with a new offensive coordinator next year too, or in the next two years. So we'll have three teams, four offensive coordinators, four years, terrible offensive line play, and everyone's going to wonder, oh, wow, this guy was a bust as a top 10 pick and not have any context to it whatsoever. Um, but let's talk about all the fantasy relevant players on the Dolphins. Okay, so the Cowboys side of things. <laughs> exactly. Zach is my QB4 this week. Love him playing this week. Zeke's my number one running back. The only concern there is that they're up five touchdowns at halftime and they let Tony Pollard play the second half. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cooper, wide receiver seven. I like Randall Cobb this week uh, as a flex play, wide receiver 31. Deep, deep, deep sleeper, Devin Smith. He's going to be out there, I think, on a lot of those two wide receiver sets. It's not going to be Cobb going outside. Uh, Witten is a tight end 13 if you're desperate searching for a touchdown. Love the Dallas defense. And I agree the number – I mean, I think – I was thinking 34-10, and then I'm not sure the Dolphins get to 10. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it goes against everything I believe in to take a team to lose by more than three touchdowns, but kind of can't make an argument that they won't. Yeah, it's this is a horrible, horrible matchup for this team, a horrible situation for Josh Rosen. I just – on a personal level, I feel for the kid because this is, like, the worst-case scenario for a player is what has happened and, and transpired for him, right? And it's already been deemed they're tanking. If you are tanking, you are tanking to take a quarterback. Uh, it, it's like this is just it, it, the worst possible script that you could write for any quarterback to start their career in the NFL. And I, I just – I feel for him. I, I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to cover the spread. I don't think the Miami Dolphins score a touchdown. Uh, I think I'm, I'm with Jake. I, that that score made me laugh, but it legitimately might be 40 to three at the end, right? This, this is going to be an ugly football game. And on a fantasy relevant note, I picked up Randall Cobb to play him in a, in a two flex uh, league because I love him this week. I think it's a huge week for him. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to play him because you got to look ahead for some of your matchups when you're playing, especially in deep leagues. Whoever's playing Miami, yeah, go go Look, go go get some of those guys. Kellen Moore can come in and play quarterback for the second half of this game. They're still covered. <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, like, it's it's not looking good if you are a, if you are a Miami Dolphins fan. Although you're buying into the tank, which we can discuss on a later podcast if that actually works out for them or not. Uh, the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. Another big spread here, Jake. What do you think this one is? I was going to go with sixteen and a half on this one. It's twenty three. Uh, Ooh, I don't yeah. know that. Wow. 
It's 23. That is because the uh, New York Jets are starting a, obviously they've gone to their third string quarterback. You saw him playing in Monday Night Football. Trevor, Trevor Simeon got injured during that game. Uh, they couldn't establish, man, you're, you're, you have Robbie Anderson, you're frustrated. You have anybody on that team, you're just watching and, and continuously upset. Uh, Le'Veon Bell looked like he was crying at one point during Monday Night Football. It's not great uh, in New York, putting it nicely. And, oh, by the way, they're going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. So this is going to get ugly. Jake, are they going to cover that spread? Uh, that's a lot. Probably. I'm going to pick 31-10. Their defense has been spectacular. This might be the best Patriots defense we've seen in a while. Their secondary is spectacular. Um, They probably do. I'll pick 31-10 because that's what I wrote down. 23 is a lot. Yeah. CJ Mosley back? Like, is there any reason that – I don't know. They probably – I'll go 34-10 and say that they do. Yeah, I I, – like, I don't feel great about picking – this, but like, I'm I'm not gonna like the Jets and Luke Falk and Adam Gase. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give them the 23 points. I still don't think they're gonna cover this. Uh, you have to play Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I don't think you. I mean, if you're desperate, I think Jamison Crowder in a, lo- a deep flex league. If you have to, uh, Patriots side, you're starting everybody. Brady QB two, Michelle running back 15, White running back 22. Burkhead's gonna get some touches in this game. Uh, I think Antonio Brown is. Uh, a high-end wide receiver too, as as with Julian Edelman. I'm not ready to give up on Josh Gordon yet. I want to talk about him a little bit because uh, I've got a lot of negative feedback this week. I have him as my wide receiver 25, and people are like killing me for this, that Josh Gordon's now no longer relevant with Antonio Brown in the offense. I don't think that's going to be the case. He's a lot more volatile than he was with AB was out of it, and it's going to affect Edelman's production slightly too. But I, I don't like this idea that just Josh Gordon's now completely irrelevant because AB's in this offense. What do you guys think? Yeah, they're going to scheme it up for him. They're going to be fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Gordon will be fine. I'm I'm going to pick the New England Patriots to cover the spread. I just don't think the Jets are – they're a mess. The New England Patriots defense, like, to say what Jake was saying, Stephon Gilmore looks unbelievable. Uh, that defense just looks – this might be the best version of the – we went from last year where we questioned, is that the worst version of the Patriots that we had seen win a Super Bowl to potentially this year with all their offensive pieces and the defense playing the way they are – Seems like we're going to look at like, oh, is this is this the best version of the Patriots we've seen in a long time? Uh, which is sickening to say out loud. They're just so multiple. I mean, they they got so many guys. They can play so many different positions on that defense. They can do anything they want to do from week to week. So you can't even call it like a base three four four three. They just do whatever the hell they need to do against that team. And it's a really, really good version of this Patriots defense. All right, the Oakland Raiders going on the road to play the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings, this was a surprise spread for me. Jamie and I were talking about this before we jumped on with Jake. The Vikings are nine-point favorites at home. Now, I know that the Raiders are – they played well in their first game. They didn't yeah, – obviously, they got blown out by the Chiefs last week. But I I, I don't know. I don't like – This should be seven. Like This, this should probably yeah, be seven. I think the the line is inflated here. Am I wrong? What are your feelings on this one, Jake? Yeah, I was thinking it was probably going to be around seven. I got the Vikings 28-20, assuming Josh Jacobs gains the 10 pounds back and that he's okay and can rejoin this offense. The Raiders are better. They're not where they want to be, but they are leaps and bounds better than they were last year. They're definitely competitive. Um, I don't like the line. If it was seven, I'd feel really good about it. But I'll stick with my score, go 28-20, assuming that Jacobs is back. If not, then I'd go 30, you know, go 30 to 20 and that they cover that, uh, depending on what happens with Jacobs in between here and here and there. But 
I'm assuming he's going to be okay and play, and this flu is not going to wipe him out too bad. Yeah, I'm reluctantly going to pick the Vikings to cover, but I don't feel good about it. So stay away from me. Uh, J- Jacob's obviously dealing with that, that flu. Uh, Tyra Williams is banged up a little bit. Concerns me. Um, I'm benching Tyra Williams this week uh, in a league that I have like Nelson Aguilar and Randall Cobb and you know those kind of players. But you know, he's still a flex play for me. But a little nervous, especially going up against Xavier Rhodes. Uh, not playing Derek Carr this week unless you're in a 2QB league. Yeah. Uh, Darren Waller, tight end 10, should probably put him in your lineup. Uh, on the Vikings side, Cook's RB4. Love yeah, him. I Dalvin mean, Cook, Dalvin Cook's a monster, which, yep. duh. I don't know. So here, here's the disconnect I'm having here. I'm going to have to adjust my thinking here because Cousins is my QB 17, but I have Thielen 12 and Diggs 13 at wide receiver. Like, that's not going to end up that way. I just know that all Vikings receivers probably going to have a big game, and I just can't tell you which one. Yeah, because we don't know, and it's impossible sometimes to predict. Sometimes Diggs gets behind the defense a few times. Sometimes Steelen gets 10 targets. Like, I, I just don't know who it's going to be. You're starting both of them, but I don't feel great about it either way for where you spend on draft capital. But I think the Vikings cover barely, but this is a complete stay away from me. Yeah, yeah I'll take I'll take the 30 to 20 in the Vikings cover. The, the Raiders secondary is pretty banged up too, so I agree with you. One of those two, maybe both of them go off. I mean, the Vikings back home should look a lot better than the, the egg they laid in the first half last week in Green Bay. They played a lot better in the second half. Uh, I'll change mine to 30 to 20 and uh, that they cover and get it done. And most importantly, the Raiders are one and one. So Kirk Cousins has is legally allowed to be better in this game. Yes. Yes. It's so. technically a five. Legal, legally allowed. Yes. It's technically a 500 team. So it's he, not a winning team. It's, it's not a winning team. So that horrible record that he has against winning teams does not apply to this team. Uh, listen, I love Dalvin Cook, everything Jamie said. I'm a frustrated Adam Thielen owner because I cannot figure out what this Vikings offense is going to do on a week-to-week basis. Run. I have to, yeah. That's why I didn't want to touch either one of those guys going into the draft. I mean, where I had to pick him, he was miles away from the next wide receiver that was available. He's ending up, you know, going to be my guy that I start in a flex spot, but I drafted him to be much better than that. Luckily, I have Dalvin Cook in that league as well, who's miles ahead of everybody else that's that's playing in his position for the most part that got drafted at that spot. So it's just a frustrating thing. I get a, a lot of people are upset with Thielen and Diggs. And listen, I don't think it's going to change. I, I think this is what you're going to have all season long because we knew that Mike Zimmer wanted to run the football. And Dave Filippo got fired for a reason. Yes. They brought in Kubiak as a consultant for a reason. It was to run the damn ball. Yes. And to play better defense and play complimentary football to win games. They don't give a damn about fantasy stats or if the offensive guys go off. He wants to win games. Yeah. And that's how he wants to do it. Correct. And that is exactly why we told you to draft Delvin Cook high. Uh, so hopefully you listen to that piece of advice. All right. The Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are two-point favorites in this one. We already told you at the top, Cam Newton not playing uh, we talked about this from a fantasy perspective pretty much when we laid it out, but Jake, your thoughts on this football game? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. Panthers' defense is still pretty solid. Uh, this Cardinals' offense is still trying to find itself. I mean, they had 21 yards rushing, got outrushed by like 300 yards last week. Uh, I say the Cardinals win, but don't cover. Okay. 21-20. Woo! Okay. Mm. Jamie? I'll say the Cardinals win in cover, but barely, like by a field goal uh, in this game. We've talked about the Carolina side of the things. I don't need to go there. Uh, Kyler Murray's my QB 16 this week. I know you point out to me that he's ranked inside the top 10 or as high as number six uh, in a lot of places like on Fantasy Pros. Look, for him to finish the top 10 quarterback, he's going to have to throw multiple touchdowns. If he's going to throw it 40 times again and throw for two touchdowns, 
he'll get in that top 10. If yeah. he doesn't, he won't. It, it's, it's, he's not throwing a super deep downfield. Um, David Johnson's a high end RB two for me this week. I, I need to, I need to see more from him. Like they're just, uh, I'm the red zone offense sucks. Yes. Yeah. No, they're red zone. Well, I mean, when you go spread error rate all over the field, you could put up some numbers, but it all doesn't matter if you don't score. And when you get in the red zone, the field gets condensed. Now there's space issues. They have sucked. Well, yes, they're, they're, they've been awful. They kicked what three field goals inside thirty yards last week. Yes. They're running these god awful plays. They're, they're running like Larry. They're going for. They did they it three times in the game. They ran like an inside wheel route with Larry Fitzgerald from inside the two, where he never had even a quarter step of separation, and Kyler's throwing it immediately. Like that, like it's a set play. Like there's not even looking. Like I, I don't know what they're doing inside the five. It's it's terrible. Uh, but for receivers wise, I, I do think Fitzgerald and Kirk are both flex plays this week. I love the way Christian Kirk was used last week. I want to see if he's used that way again this week. If he's in the slot, we love him. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but that's that's really about it in this game. Yeah, uh, this game, I, I, I'm I'm going to pick the Cardinals to win reluctantly. Right? I, I as much as I know that if Cam Newton was playing, I would feel better about Carolina. Maybe, right? Like as bad as Cam Newton played last week, I don't know that he Your brain says that, but your eyes don't. I was thinking I was thinking the same thing and then I went, What the hell am I talking about? He's been terrible. Yeah, like I might like this team more without Cam, which I know sounds backwards, but we're not talking about the right good version of Cam Newton. He's unhealthy, he doesn't look good, and he hasn't looked good. And man, this this Arizona team is, like we said, fun to watch, but not a good football team, right? And, and make bad decisions. I'm going to reluctantly pick them to win, but I'm like, you, I, I think I'm going to say one point game. Don't watch this game. Watch yeah. something else. Watch something else. Yeah, watch something else. All right, watch this game uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the New York Giants playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers uh, are six-point favorites in this one. Jamie, I'm going to have you uh, tell us what's going to happen in this one. I just defer to the, uh, Jake has a stat that I think is very interesting. I'm okay. gonna, we didn't go over this before. I just hope he remembers his stat against rookie QBs to throw out here. Yes. Yes. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles as head coaches are nine and zero against rookie quarterbacks. All that being said, we all wish we were probably playing Eli. Fair, very true. Uh, but it's going to go to 10 and zero this week. Yeah. Uh, I like the box in this game. Look, giants defense is, is bad. And I feel bad for James Betcher because he's had a lot of his, the tools in his toolbox taken away from him. Yes. But it's a bad defense there in New York right now. Uh, you're starting Saquon. You're starting Evan Ingram. It looks like Sterling Shepard's going to play. Like, he went back to full practice yesterday, so I have to throw, throw him somewhere in my rankings. But I'd imagine he'd be in, like, flex territory for me. Uh, on the Tampa side, I think Jameis Winston kind of sneaks into playability again this week as QB 11. Uh, if you have to start a running back, Peyton Barber, just inside my top 40, probably have better options in your flex spot. We'll see what happens there. Love Chris Godwin this week. Yeah. As I do every week. Uh, he's my wide receiver eight. Captain um, of the fan club. Mike Evans, wide receiver 10. I know I know Janoris Jenkins, but like Janoris Jenkins gets talked about in the category with some of these other cornerbacks that are just significantly better than he is. So he's a good cornerback. He's not a great cornerback. He used to be. More talented yeah. uh, than Janoris Jenkins. I think he has a big week. O.J. Howard's interesting. He's my tight end six, but uh, Sean Childs, who works for SI Fantasy and Full-Time Fantasy, has him as his number one tight end this week. He is He's really pushing the O.J. Howard this week. The Giants are bad against tight ends. This is the week to play him. I, if is he thinking B.A.'s, BA's reading the press clippings and he's got to get O.J. some catches? Oh, absolutely. This is the squeaky wheel game, right? Like, this is the, oh, I'm not going to the tight end enough. Here's 15 targets, O.J. Howard. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell you that did not enter the the conscious mind of anybody on the offensive staff. Yes, I had I had quite, I had quite the feeling. Listen, I think this is the week I've seen across the fantasy community, right? Like everyone's still like, "Oh, Howard's a thing, and it's going to happen this week." 
If it doesn't happen this week, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to start uh, moving on. I, there's been a lot of people that have already moved on. Oh, yeah. I've seen him dropped in a lot of leagues. I've seen a lot of people trying to trade for OJ Howard and and, and get him off the roster. Uh, it's interesting, right? It, it's going to be interesting. I, I with we'll, we'll, we will see how this all plays out. He, should like, be, he will be. He will be at some point. Yeah. I can't tell if it will be this week. I do think Mike Evans goes off this week. I think I think the the Giants are giving up too many big deep plays, and I, I think Mike Mike gets loose and has a big day. I love Mike Evans this week. That was going to be my yeah. my big thing this week. Is I know people have been worried about what they've seen from Mike in the in the first two weeks. Last week, as Jamie told, Mike's getting doubled on almost every play. He's getting doubled, and that matchup last week has been a struggle for him yeah, throughout, his career, for, throughout his career. Uh, I, I just I love them this week i love every offensive like chris godwin mike evans they should be in your lineups stop telling me yeah, that mike Tom, evans both, sucks yeah both wide both receiver stop. ones this yeah week. and 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 that tampa defense yeah that's a, that's, that's a sneaky tampa. that's a sneaky pickup this week i like them a lot todd Bowles uh, is going to blitz the absolute hell out of the room and the giants are going to turn the ball over and they're going to create opportunities for themselves i like tampa's defense a lot this week as a streamer pick up play them you might have already done that uh, but I, I like them a lot better than some of the other teams where I look at the matchups and I go, eh, it's not the best matchup for the Denver Broncos defense this week yeah, playing Aaron Rodgers. Tampa's right? a low-end top 10 defense this week. I yep. think they're definitely, they definitely need to be started in every single league yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I agree. All right, moving on. Houston Texans going on the road to play the L.A. Chargers. The L.A. Chargers are a three-point favorite in this one, standard home favorite. Jake, what's going to happen in this Oh, God, it's another one where you're just like, (laughs) I mean, which Texans are we getting? I'm going to take the Chargers at home, 21-17. I I like Phillip Rivers bouncing back at home, getting it done. Eckler's been great. Uh, Mike Williams played last week through it. He should be better off. I just saw that Keenan Allen is good to go for Sunday. Um, And the the Texans' offense still can't block anybody, and you still have two of the best pass rushers going. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to Chargers as well, and I just don't want to think about this game too much because the more I think about it, the more I see all the flaws both of these teams have right now. Um, you know, you, uh, to me, I, I'm a coward, so I ranked Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson right next to each other at RB 28 and 29. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I know what – You mean the fourth leading running back in the NFL right now or fifth leading running back in Carlos Hyde? Yeah. Like, uh, eh. Like, I, I guess. I don't, I don't like him this week. I, yeah. I don't like him this week either, but, like, those guys are both flex considerations for you. They have to uh, be. Keenan Allen's the top five wide receiver this week. Love Mike Williams. He's he's in the top twenty for me this week. I think he has a big game. He came out there on like half a leg and uh, bald last and week. bald in the in yeah. the limited opportunities. He's going to be really good in this game. Uh, look, Justin Jackson is going to be like a deep, 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 deep flex play. He he's really good. Like I want to see him get traded somewhere. I want to see him go to Tampa. Yeah. Give me 20 Justin Jackson carries a game, and I think he would actually he could be a darn good starting running back in this league. But Eckler's been amazing. Eckler's been amazing in getting in the end zone. He hasn't been as good of a runner so far as Justin Jackson, but he's been getting in the end zone. Top 10 play there. Chargers play a lot better at home. It's a bounce back week for them. But boy, both of these teams like do not look like teams I'm going to be worried about too deep into January. No, I, I think no, not right now. No, we all we all really like the Chargers, but uh, this team gets plagued by injuries, and they just continue to have that issue year in and year out. And I, 
I want to say, like, I feel comfortable about this game, but I don't. But the Chargers need to bounce back. They lost a very bad game to a bad football team. And if they are a playoff team, they need to win these games because they have to keep up with what is happening in their division because the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win that division, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, they're, they're, they are more than likely going to have to go on the road. And, and if they even want to try and compete for this division, got to win football games like this. So I think they win. I think they cover that spread. Uh, New Orleans Saints, obviously, without Drew Brees. We've discussed that on the podcast. Not going to get into that anymore. They're going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Russell Wilson coming off a really good fantasy performance last week. Jake, what do you think happens in this one? Oh, uh, I'll stick with what I wrote down. I got the Seahawks 28-21. The Saints stayed on the West Coast. They, They flew to Seattle after the game last week. I don't think that matters. I've seen all week they don't they're not announcing who their starting quarterback is. I guess that's to try to confuse what Seattle does on defense. They do the same thing to everybody every week. They're, they're the most vanilla defense out there. They're just really good at what they do. They're not as good as they've been, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater scares them. And Taysom Hill does, definitely doesn't scare them as a as a thrower. Um, and New Orleans still hadn't figured out what I've been talking about for three or four weeks going into the season of what they're going to be on offense. Well, I think Kamara has a bigger game. I think Seattle gets it done. Metcalf's been a solid pro for two weeks. I think that continues. Lockett's getting plenty of targets. And Russell Wilson has been a surgeon so far. Yeah. Jamie, your thoughts? I I made the decision. This is going to be my lock of the week. Love it. Uh, Seattle covering in this game. Uh, Look, I I fade anybody that is letting Taysom Hill throw actual passes in the NFL. So I'm going to (laughs) fade on that. This whole QB by committee thing they're going to try to do for like a quarter is going to blow up in their face. And I'm just going to go with Teddy Bridgewater for now. Uh, fantasy perspective, you know, Alvin Kamara is still a top five running back, but he's, he's number five. He's at the bottom of that list now. I've gone back and forth. There's an argument to be made that they'll use him more and that's better for you. There's an argument to be made the offense is going to be not as good. So it's going to take him down or that's going to, both those things happen and they even out. I don't know. You're playing Kamara. Latavius Murray. I know they want to run the ball more, but they might not have the opportunity if they're down in this game right away. He's been nothing so far this year. Michael Thomas is still a wide receiver one. I think Bridgewater is going to lock in on him hell or high water, and it's going to come back to bite him at points in the game. But Michael Thomas is going to get his. I'm all, I'm all the way off the Jared Cook train. Uh, Wilson's QB8. You're starting Chris Carson this week, and you're starting him every week. I'll reiterate that again. So yeah. don't please do not ask me those Chris Carson questions on Sunday. Um, Tyler Lockett, it's an interesting game because he's going to play in the slot and – I don't know what who's PJ Williams is going to play against yeah. him. PJ Williams can't stop anybody. Um, DK Metcalf's actually been really, his numbers don't show how good he has been, but he also might get Mackenzie Alexander this, or not Mackenzie Alexander, excuse me. Um, Marshall Lattimore. Yeah. Uh, don't want anything to do with that. Uh, I would start Will Disley, for example, tight end 11 over a guy like Jared Cook. So I like the, I like the Seahawks a lot this week. I don't think they're a particularly great team. But this Saints team had a lot of questions with Drew Brees. This team has not been a great team on the road. I have a lot of questions about what, yeah. what's going to happen right now. I'm not worried about Taysom Hill. No, I think there's a bigger drop-off than people think is going to happen without Drew, right? Like, I think this line might be a little – like, I think that I think they could win pretty handedly in this game, especially at home. Like New York- This is taking Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs. Drew Brees was the MVP if it's not for Patrick Mahomes. Some people think he should have been last year anyway. That's exactly right. I, I just th- Without Drew Brees, this offense is not going to look anywhere near what it looks like with Drew Brees. Uh, they do not play, even with Drew Brees, they do not play the same away from that dome. Uh, Seattle is still a tough place to play, and Russell Wilson is balling with that team. Mm-hmm. He looks damn good, and so does that offense. Uh, the defense doesn't have to play all that well because they're not playing a good offense without Drew Brees. 
I think they cover the spread pretty easily. I'm going to pick them to win, like, I don't know, by 10 points here. I, I, yeah, another thing, another thing to note, New Orleans was number one against the run last year. And it was either number one total rushing against their defense or run uh, yards per carry. They were really good, and they've been bad. Yeah, they've been really bad. They've, they've been bad. The Texans ran it down their throat for a while. The Rams had a lot of success running it last week. I think the running game for Seattle gets off a little bit more than it has been, and they don't have to put his muscle on Russell Wilson. But if they want to load up the box to stop it, then they're going to get torched that way because he's been great. Yeah, I think this is a big – I know I said it last week, and it, it didn't turn out to be as good as I thought it would be, but I like Chris Carson a lot this week. So, again, do not send me your – Please card. don't ask us, Chris Carson. Please don't like ask Chris me. Carson or Latavius Murray, I'm just not going to answer it. Yeah, I'm just, just don't gonna, ask me. Yeah, I'm just going to give you some really uh, annoyed-looking gifts that are going to respond to you on Twitter. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road to play the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, we've talked about this. Ben Roethlisberger out for the year. Mason Rudolph will be the starting quarterback. Uh, San Francisco is a touchdown favorite in this one, Jake. What are your thoughts on on whether or not San Francisco takes care of business? I wrote down 28-29ers. Um, their front seven is going to get after Mason Rudolph. The Steelers would be well inclined to run the ball, but I'm not sure they can like they want to or that they did at times last year. I think there's going to be a big learning curve this week. and. While I'm not huge on the 49ers offense at all, I think they get it done. I think they get it done and apparently cover if that's the case. I think the Niners win, but I'm going to pick the Steelers to cover in this game. I think this is going to be a lot closer. I'm not, I haven't fully bought into the Niners yet. Um, and look, the reality is, is the Steelers have gotten terrible quarterback play so far this year. So, yeah. I mean, the bar to clear at the moment. Now, the bar to clear over Roethlisberger's career is massive. Yes. But just over the first two weeks, it's not that high. I still don't think the 49ers are this good yet. Um, I, but the problem is if the Steelers get behind early and they're not going to do what they want to do with James Conner, I mean, this, this game is just full of question marks to me. I have Juju. Yeah, I don't think they're that good either. I just think it's a bad matchup. Yeah, I mean, Juju's a mid-level wide receiver too for me. Uh, James Conner's a low-end running back one. I think I'm still too high on him. Like, yeah. I think I, I'm, I'm worried about – I agree. He didn't look like the same dude. No, he looks like, the, like you said last week, the dude from the, the end, end of the, of the season. season. Uh, look uh, – in a two QB league, I think Mason Rudolph's worth starting. He's my QB twenty four. Uh, for the Niners running backs, I think you're dealing with like a bunch of like flex plays here with Breida, Mostart, Wilson. They're all going to get their touches. I do want to see if Jeff Wilson is truly the goal line back. Uh, Mostart looks the most explosive there. Breida's always been good. Kittle's tight end three this week. I- I'm not fading Vance McDonald. I like him this week. He caught two touchdowns from Mason Rudolph last week. I'll take the under on two touchdowns this week, but he's still a top ten guy. But there are a lot of questions in this game. But I, I think this is a one-score game, so I'm going to take the Steelers in the seven points. All right. I, I like the, the one thing I want to talk about because I have Vance McDonald. I feel very confident in playing him. I got a couple of questions about that this week. Uh, just worried about what you're going to see. You saw you saw that, that Mason Rudolph felt comfortable going to Vance McDonald, and I think when you look around the tight end position, I still have him as a, as a top-tier guy and feel comfortable in my 14-team league playing him this week. Uh all right, so I got a tight end question for you: Waller or McDonald? And keep in mind, McDonald had four for thirty-seven; just two of them were touchdowns. I, I McDonald nine and Waller ten, so yeah. I hate you. Um, I'll, okay. go, I'll go McDonald slightly. I don't, yeah, I, I I'm just, going, still going with McDonald as well. Yeah. All right, I got another one there. So Brita or Calvin Ridley in your flex? Ooh. Oh, that's that's gonna be pretty close. Uh, Come on, man! I, Come on, put the pressure on! I, 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 I want to say I want to say Calvin Ridley. That's in- he's been phenomenal for two weeks, but does it does it come back to earth, or does he still stay that guy? I don't know. He's getting single coverage, so I think I think they're gonna throw it that much. I, I, I almost want to lean towards Ridley. I I like the matchup, and I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Calvin Ridley in that one. I have Ridley in, in one of my leagues, and he's been. I don't think it's gonna come back to earth because we saw it at the end of last season. It, this isn't like we didn't see 
this version of Calvin Ridley. And I think this offense is going to be humming. I'm so. going to go with Brita slightly. I looked, I looked at my rankings. I have Brita 42 and Ridley at 47 in my flex. So very close. That's, that's the even matchups. That you, Good problems to have. Yeah, look at you, Jake, coming out hot with the very, very close But those matchups. are the ones I like because those are more like I hate the ones that like, should I draft – should I play this – you know, should I play Cortland Sutton or – you know, Robert Woods. Like, yeah. oh, well, okay. Like, come Why on. are you asking me those questions? So yeah. the, those are the tough – these are the tough ones that you actually are legitimately having to answer. Yeah, where you're going to have to look and could win you or lose you a week. Uh, all right, the last – I think Waller gets more targets, but I think McDonald's a really good red zone option. So that, that one's going to be tough too. And with Tyrell Williams out, I think Waller gets moved around a little bit more. So I, I, that one's – It's a tough one. I, I like McDonald, yeah. but that's – uh, it is not, but not by much, right? The, the interesting play this week, I know you brought out, we'll see what happens with Tyrell Williams, whether he plays or not, but um, Hunter Renfro, because they're, Mackenzie Alexander's not going to play in that game, so now they're going to be on a backup slot corner. That could be an interesting play, especially if, Ty, if Tyrell Williams is out of that game and you're desperate. So. Okay, deep deep sleeper, uh, deep, deep flex option there. We all obviously love Hunter Renfro uh, and and been very fun to watch in, in, in hard knocks and what, what part of the offense he was going to play. And ever since, honestly, Jamie told you about it. If Antonio Brown left the Raiders, he was like, eh, watch out and see what's going to happen with Hunter Renfro. So interesting with injuries, obviously. The other one to keep an eye on for this game in particular that we're talking about is I know everybody wants to pick up James Washington, and that, and that is your upside play to put on your bench. Deontay Johnson's going to start, and that's a guy that has had a – again, we talk about trends in the offseason. That's a guy that had a very strong training camp and preseason all the way. Lots of talent. Lots of talent. They like him a lot there. I just keep an eye on him. And okay. if, you're, if you're in a super deep bench league, like we have a lot of bench spots, that's the classic case of where I like to pick up guys a week before they become the trendy pickup. Yeah. Because if he has a big game here, he goes, you know, gets five catches and a touchdown. Someone's going to blow twenty bucks on him in fab budget. So yeah. if you can get on that in advance and you have the space to do it, or if you have Dante Moncrief, make that switch right now because Moncrief can't catch anything. Yeah, that's uh, no. yeah, you can't catch the flu that's going around the NFL yeah, right now. It's, it's been bad for Dante Moncrief. All right, last game we're going to talk about Sunday Night Football, which going into the season looked a lot different than the storylines going into this game. Right, the LA Rams going into Cleveland. The LA Rams are a three and a half point favorite on the road in Cleveland on Sunday night football. The, although they won the game handedly, I still have a lot of question marks about Cleveland Browns. They still did not look, I know I said said in the podcast before, before when we previewed that Monday night football game, that I needed to see that offense just absolutely put it together. And I know that Odell Beckham Jr. had a huge play and they won that game. I just, there's still a lot of question marks, and I think we're going to learn a lot from this football team in this game specifically against one of the premier or better matchups for, for uh, coming out of the NFC. Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? I got the Rams 27-23, so I got them covering. I, I think the Browns hang in there, but Njoku's out. This offensive line has been bad. They need to go to Chubb more and try to establish the run game, take some of his heat off Baker. Baker's running for his life, and he's not making great decisions. Greg Williams had his number on Monday Night Football. He had no clue what the pre-snap – he thought he knew pre-snap. He had no no clue post-snap what the coverage was. They just – the Jets just couldn't do anything on offense. And you're not playing the same offense with this Browns defense who didn't look that good in week one. Now, they'll get after the passer. But I, I like Sean McVay for scheming it up. I, I really do. I think the Rams go in. They handle it. Clay Matthews' dad is going to the Browns' ring of fame, and he's playing for the Rams coming in. That's this cool storyline. Um I just think the Rams have too much. I think Aaron Donald has a monster day. I think Clay Matthews has a big day. This this Browns offensive line has some serious question marks. With Njoku out, 
Well, he's an athletic freak. He hasn't done anything yet, but he's still a matchup guy. I don't know that they had the same matchup now. To me, they really, really need to try to run it and play good defense and stay in the game. I just don't think they're capable of talking themselves into that. I'm going to go the other way here. I'm not sure they win this game, but I don't. I, I think this line is wrong. This, I don't think this should be plus three and a half at home. This should be a, like a pick em line. So when I see that, I usually go on that side of things. So I think the Browns can keep this game pretty close. I'm not, I still need to see more from the Rams. Like yeah, they haven't looked I, great. the Rams haven't looked great either. They haven't. Groff has not looked great on the road. Um, you're still, you know, he's a he's QB twelve for me this week. So you're on that fringe where you might have a better option. You might not. Uh, I like. To, I still think people are finding reasons to hate Todd Gurley in the fantasy community, and they're not watching the games and watching what Todd Gurley is doing out there. Um, no, nobody thinks of Todd Gurley as they did two years ago or three years ago. But that wasn't. That's not the expectations for him this year. The expectations are: can you be a low end RB one? And he absolutely can be. Uh, and that's why I have him this week at 11. Um, I think he gets more involved in the passing game this week. He, I hope so. He should, uh, especially since they're not going to use Dale Henderson ever. Um, and look, I, the Cooper Cup, I have him slightly over Robert Woods, his wide receiver 18, 19. I'm down on Brandon Cooks this week if Denzel Ward plays. Denzel Ward, And again, that's a big thing. If Denzel Ward doesn't play, I'll go. I'll flip to the other side here because I think that that's a big enough switch for me to say the Rams could win this game by maybe even double digits if they're without Denzel Ward too. Uh, but I'm a little bit low on Cooks this week. I think he's more of a flex play. That's just kind of a one-week thing for him. Baker's just – I mean, QB 10, Chubb RB 6, Beckham you're playing. Landry a low-level flex play if you have the opportunity. But uh, I think this is actually going to be a closer game because I don't think either one of these teams have looked as good as their talent level is yet. No, going into the season, I remember looking at this matchup and going, oh, man, this could be such a such a big matchup, right? Had had the Rams looked like the Rams of last year and the Browns looked like a semblance of what we thought they were going to look like potentially, this was this key Sunday night football matchup. And now I'm kind of like, eh, neither team has really looked all that great. I haven't fallen in love with either side. The thing from a fantasy perspective is I have the LA Rams defense. I like this matchup this week because I think I think Baker's going to turn the ball over and I think they're going to get to him. I like Aaron Donald, obviously, a lot. Jake said that. I think they're going to be able to get to him because that offensive line has not looked good at all. Uh, I think it's – I don't know. I think it's really close, but I think the Rams are going to win the football game and I think it'll be like 23-20. If I had to pick one side or the other, I'm going to pick the Rams to cover the spread here. Uh, not As I said, reluctantly, I don't feel confident. Yes, I picked 27-23. I got them covering by half a point. I just think they yeah, get it done. Uh, reluctantly uh, for both of us. Any parting thoughts? I mean, look, Aaron, one crazy – I'll, I'll leave you with this on this game. One crazy stat last year. Who led the NFL in sacks? Aaron Donald didn't have one until week four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He started a little slow last year. He started a little slow this year. He eats and goes off, and he wins his matchup and beats Baker up. And Baker's running for his life yeah, in this Baker's matchup. Baker's been running for his life, and, mm-hmm. and this is not this is a this is a, a, a defense ready to feast on him. Uh, I think it's it's not going to be good. I, I don't think it, I don't think either offense is going to look particularly great to be, and haven't seen him look all that great thus far. Jake, any other parting thoughts other than that Aaron Donald stat that I was actually really surprised by? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I thought we'd learn a lot more through weeks one and two. I think we'll learn a lot more this week. This, this year's a little interesting. This is a this is a tough week to pick. You got some some good teams you think are good. They're going on the road. They got to win some solid games and some some teams that we're thinking are going to start coming back to earth. And if they don't surprise us, it, it'll be really interesting. I think we learned a lot this weekend about the the landscape of the NFL yeah, moving and I, forward. I, Jamie and I were looking at the spreads before this, and I was like, ah, man, this is such a tough week. Like it's ri- like nothing. Like Jamie didn't lock anything in until right as we were doing the podcast because he looked across and said. Man, I could really argue one way or the other. Jamie, your parting thoughts on today's pod. 
all eyes on Baltimore because this is these next two weeks. We're really going to start to learn what type of team this is, how for real they are, and what everything looks like going forward. And, and again, it's, it seems like everybody else in the world was shocked at how well their offense is playing early on when we have been telling you on this show for months now that this, this is going to be the likely result early in the season. I'm not saying they can't keep it up. I'm just saying I don't know that they can yet. And I want to see them do it again. This is the, it's not against this defense this week. Now we're going to see what's going to happen when they have negative game script. We're yeah. still not going to see what happens when they actually play a competent defense until the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But it's still a different scenario than they've been put in the last couple of weeks. And that offense, as good as they were last week, they regressed from the week prior against, again, a team that wasn't very good. So I'm just very curious to see what this team looks like now that everybody kind of gets a good look at them again and that everything is not going in their favor from literally the opening kickoff. Yeah, the division. They haven't played a defense yet that can take away the pass or the run. They've been able to do both. And when somebody does that, and I'm assuming they're going to try to take away the run and they're going to put it all on Lamar Jackson, it's going to be really interesting to see how that's off that offense. I wish that was Sunday night football, right? I wish that was the game they fle- and they flex that one into Sunday night football because I think there's a lot to be learned and it, it's going to be a really exciting game. And man, oh man, if Lamar Jackson can pull off going to Kansas City and winning a football game, the Lamar Jackson Baltimore Ravens hype train will be way outside the station. It will be so far past the station, it will be ridiculous because it's already been really hyped up and Lamar's looked great. But man, if they can pull that off, it will be uh, Monday morning overreaction will be at a at the highest level it's been in a long time. Uh, and if the Rams beat the Browns and the Browns are one and two and the Ravens are three and zero, oh yeah. I, I, as I said, I root for chaos, right? Like I root, I root for all the chaos, and that would be chaotic in the NFL considering what we thought going into the season. All right, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at J. Eisner FFB on Instagram. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this show at TDN Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at TDN Fantasy on Instagram. And you should check out Jamie's rankings. You can check them out going into this week at thedraftnetwork.com. And be sure to watch our Twitter show on Sunday morning to get all those start and sit questions in ahead of the weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.